Um, open them with me to the book of James, uh, James chapter 1, and we'll begin in verse number 6. James chapter 1 and verse number 6. We're going to continue tonight our study on the subject of faith, and it's a big subject. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can teach from the Word of God on the subject of faith. Faith is, of course, uh, a part of a, uh, a life system that we were all created for, a system of faith, hope, and love, and, um, and so we're... Uh, obviously uh, increasing in, in this area of faith, but also at the same time increasing in the, in the areas of, of love and hope in our lives and understanding what those um, areas uh, are intended uh, to produce in our lives as they uh, work together uh, with one another, enabling us to live the life that Father created us to live. Amen? All right. James chapter 1, verse 6, it says, But let him... Ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, we have been talking for weeks now about Abraham's example of faith and how his example is the one that is put forth for us to learn from and follow and of course we see that when God first made promise to Abraham and Sarah about them having a child that this the promise of God staggered them as a matter of fact the Bible says that they both individually but yet both had the same response they laughed in God's face. It seemed so impossible, or if I could use the correct terminology, it seemed so improbable. But of course, what we see later is that they begin to set their minds upon the promises of God. The Bible says that they gave glory to God, and that specifically, and this is the thing that I really... Amen. We're going to move beyond it tonight, but I just want to remind you in the, in the introduction as we're getting started that they specifically, deliberately, intentionally changed what they were considering. Because the bottom line is, what you consider directly affects the strength of your faith and your ability to receive the fulfillment of what God has promised you. What you consider. And so the Bible says that Abraham went from being weak in faith, staggering at what God had promised him, to being strong in faith, to uh, being fully convinced. Being fully convinced. The King James Version says, fully persuaded fully convinced, fully persuaded, what? That God was able to perform what He promised. That God was able. Abraham's faith shifted from what I call probability thinking. He saw no way for the promise of God to come to pass but if you'll recall, when they laughed, 
God asked them a question. He said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And I believe that question got their attention. And my prayer is that that question is getting our attention tonight. As it pertains to, as it's related to the seemingly improbable situations, impossible situations that we may be facing in our lives. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And so the Bible says that Abraham no longer considered the deadness of Sarah's womb, the age of his body, but he began instead to give glory to God, focusing on the ability of God, and his consideration brought him to this place of full persuasion. What you consider and how you consider will bring you to this place of being fully convinced. Now, there are some who have become convinced that it'll never happen because they're considering the wrong things. So my question then to you tonight is this. Is being fully convinced important? And I left off the why there, but amen. Is being full convinced, praise God, is being fully convinced important? And so let's go back then to our text for tonight. The, the, um, the context, verse 5 says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, meaning God's no respecter of persons. And, and he will give, amen, ask and God will give. But then verse 6 says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I want you to compare... Um, this idea of wavering, or we should say wavering not, to Abraham coming into that position of fully persuaded, fully convinced, or staggering not. He staggered not. Now, here we just see a different uh, uh, picture used, um, and that one would be one of wavering not. Um, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now, verse 7 is a strong verse. But it's one that we need to come to terms with tonight. Especially if you're interested in receiving from the Lord. If you're interested in receiving into your life what He has for you and for me. He says, for let not that man, what man? The man that doubts. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Notice it comes back to the mind. It comes back to the thinking. As long as a consideration, by the way, is something you do in your mind. Considering is a function of the mind. It is a mental mechanism. It is mental machinery. Amen. And so, notice he says that the one who doubts is like a wave on the sea, uh, driven back and forth, up and down. Seemingly, you know, got a hold of it one moment, drifting away from it the next. The man that is like this, the Bible says, is a double-minded man. So notice that when Abraham considered um, how old he was and, and, and how unlikely it was that, that, that Sarah would, would you know, conceive or have a child, that kept him weak in faith. 
But the Bible says he considered that not. He stopped considering that. The only way to not consider something negative is to consider something positive. So he began to consider that there was nothing too hard for God. Now, again, verse 7, he says, Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. The context of this passage is asking not for anything, but asking specifically for wisdom. And he says that if we ask for wisdom in faith, we will receive wisdom. But notice in this passage, he goes from the specific request for wisdom to including the universal word anything. In other words, the context is expanded to not just will he not receive wisdom, but the man who doubts, the man who is not fully convinced, the man whose mind is divided, unstable in all of his ways, that man should not think, should not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Now, I've come to a conclusion about this verse. We, we can sit here and argue with it all we want to, but <laughs> the best advice you can give anybody and I'm giving it to you tonight, is to agree with God and agree with Him quickly. If He says the man who doubts is not going to receive anything from Him, you can, you know, get all upset with Him about that and say that's not fair, whatever you want to say, but um, He's not going to change for you or for me. Um, faith is how we receive. There's reasons why God's not being uh, hard-headed here. Um, this is the standard. This is the way. Faith is what connects you to the unseen realm of the Spirit is how we receive from God. And, um, and so, again, the man who doubts shouldn't expect or shouldn't uh, suppose that he's going to receive anything. Now, up until this point, we've talked about what we consider. What we consider. I want to begin to talk to you tonight, not just about the content of your consideration, but how, how you consider, okay? I ask you to just bear with me tonight. We're going we're gonna to plow up some new ground. We've been kind of tiptoeing around this, and we're just going to plunge into it tonight, okay? We've said already that consideration operates in the background of our lives and happens seamlessly. It is something that we rarely notice or pay attention to, but is one of the most important things that we could become aware of. I don't know, it's been two or three weeks ago now, I ask you to specifically um, get in your mind, in the front of your mind, some problem, some issue, some challenge, something that you needed the Lord's help to, to overcome, to get through, to receive, to break through, what have you. And then I ask you to begin to consider what you consider about that situation. What are you saying within yourself? How, how, are, how are you you know, dealing with that, so to speak, when it comes to your mind, when it comes to your thoughts. 
Now, when I, I you know, some people would try to like impress you by, by throwing the word of vision around and that sort of thing. I, I, I'm not going to, you know, try to say this was a vision. And if it was a vision, Father, I'm not trying to discredit you. I'm just not trying to puff myself up. But I was listening to a sermon that was really unrelated, but I had my mind set on spiritual things. And as I was doing that, the Lord brought something up in my imagination. Let's just say it this way, all right? And in my imagination, I saw a boxing ring. Now, why they call it a ring and it's square, I don't know, all right? Um, I really wanted to modify it and, and go octagon for this, you know, younger generation, but it wasn't an octagon. In my mind, the picture that I saw was a boxing ring, a square um, ring, and in one corner of that boxing ring, I saw um, my spirit. And, and of course, over in the corner with my spirit are all the weapons, all the spiritual things that I have available to me to fight with. I have um, the Word of God, also known as the truth. I have faith. Are you seeing this? I, I have the name of Jesus. So the weapons of our warfare, we, we have spiritual weapons to do battle with, to win victories with. Amen. We, we can't allow the enemy to convince us to try to fight him in our flesh because in our flesh we're no match for him. But with faith, amen, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now in the other corner of that boxing ring was my flesh. And of course over there there's all kinds of things that, that you know, go along with the flesh. Things like my five senses. Am I boring you? I don't bore you tonight. Things like my five senses. Th things like not truth but facts or, or we could say it this way the way things look, seem and feel all of that's in that opposing corner now the Bible teaches us in Galatians that your spirit and your flesh are contrary to one another they pull against one another they're at odds with one another they don't even speak the same language and they have opposing desires. They have opposing, the word is lusts, but lust just simply means a, a deep-rooted, deep-seated desire. And so a lot of times we think of lust, and most of the time when the word is used even in the Scripture, lust is used in, in a negative connotation. But in this case, he's talking about the lust of the flesh and also the lust of the spirit. Now, as a born-again man or a woman, the lust of your born-again spirit uh, that has already become one with God's spirit are, are, are God's desires. If, if, if two men are going to face one another in a boxing ring, is, is desire pretty, pretty strong? In other words, we, we've seen uh, a lesser opponent win a fight because they wanted it more. Yes? So, it's not just that we have the desires of the flesh squaring off against a desireless spirit 
Because your spirit, the spirit inside of you, it has desires as well. So the bell rings. Ding! And here they come out into the middle. So again, in my imagination, as the Lord is showing me this, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to watch this, this fight take place. But then it's like the whole thing just shut off. And I'm like, well, I was kind of curious as to where this was going. And this is what he was showing me inwardly. This is what he spoke to me inwardly. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about a, a strong, distinct voice in my spirit. He said, you missed what the ring is. He said, the ring is your mind. The mind is where your spirit and your flesh square off against one another. That is where the battle takes place in your mind. Faith is more than positive mental thinking. Faith is something that is of spiritual origin. It is spiritual in nature. The faith that you have in your heart tonight, it is a gift that God gave to you. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, that He's given to every person the measure of faith. So again, there's this, this boxing ring. In one corner is, is your spirit, and, and, and in that corner are the things of the spirit, including the truth, in, including faith, including the name of Jesus, including the resources of God's kingdom, all in that corner. In the other, in the other corner is your flesh, and the way things look, seem, and feel, and your fire senses and your experiences in life and, and things that have shaped you. And, and so these two squaring off against one another, they're contrary to one another. But the battle is going to be fought and it's going to be either won or lost in your mind. In your mind. It's where the battle takes place. And we have got to learn how to strategically fight this battle. Now, again, Abraham deliberately refused to consider certain things that kept him weak in faith. He just didn't go there mentally, but instead he took what this, this, this gift of, of what God promised him, and by focusing on that and worshiping God with that, and by asking that question, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Notice, the battle's taking place in his mind, but it, it wasn't that his mind won the battle, but, but the way he managed and directed his thoughts determined the outcome of it. Amen. Now, praise God. I've been trying to get to this place for a while. It's like every time I get right here, it's like... <clears throat> I want to I make sure that we have enough stuff in place to support the weight of, of what is coming next, all right? Now, so we've got the fight itself. We've got where the fight is taking place. You know individually what's at stake. And there's things that are at stake that we all have in common. And then there's, there are things that are at stake as far as the outcome of this fight that pertain to you specifically, your family specifically, uniquely. But there is, there is a perspective, there is, there is an advantage that the enemy has secretly 
deceptively used against us that has hindered our faith at best and for many people this deceptive secret tactic that he uses has neutralized faith. And so again, we said that we've talked about the content of our consideration, but there's something beneath that even that we need to uncover tonight. And that is not just what we consider, but how we consider things is more important still. Now, we looked at this verse a few weeks back in discipleship class. Luke chapter 8, verse 18, again, is a go-to verse. Jesus speaking. He says, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has to him more will be given, and whoever does not have even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Okay? Is... What we hear important? Yes. What we hear is important. Did Jesus talk about what we hear? Yes, He did. But in this particular verse, He didn't say, be careful, take heed what you hear. He said, how you hear. How you hear and what you hear are related, but we're talking about two separate things here. How you hear things has to do with, with a filter through which you listen. It has to do with the attitude that you have towards the one speaking to you. If you are suspicious of someone, then that is going to taint or alter how you listen to them. Amen. If you think someone is a jerk, if that's your opinion of them, then that becomes the filter through which you listen. There are people who have been wounded in life. There are people who have experienced rejection in life. There are people who, who have been hurt in life. And many times, wounded people wound other people. In other words, they're, they're very uh, insecure in, in how they hear and how they listen. And so, because of that, they're easily offended. The Bible says one of the characteristics of love is that love is not touchy. Love is not sensitive. But there are a lot of people who are very touchy, very sensitive, because it's the perspective it's, it's the way that they process what they hear. How you hear is the way you process what you hear. Now, if we take this same truth, this same concept, now we're not just talking about what you consider, but again, how you consider things the fundamental way that you process information to come to a conclusion. Most people, and I listen to me, I believe, that, I believe the Holy Spirit spoke these words to me. And 
I know I haven't said this in a while, but let me say it again. My, my assignment is to speak these things, put these things out here. Your assignment is to receive them, search them out in the Scriptures. Even the Bible says, judge them for yourselves. Judge them according to the Word of God, all right? So I invite you to do that tonight. But I believe the Holy Spirit spoke this to my heart, that most people's considerations, in other words, the way they consider things, are dominated by probability. Let me say it another way. Probability is how they consider. Probability is how they consider. Now again, I've said this again, I've said this already tonight, let me say it again. Consideration, think of it as the mental mechanism by which we reach conclusions and form beliefs. We all have beliefs in here tonight, and you didn't just wake up one day with them. We have come to these conclusions. We have come to, the idea behind coming to is that there was a journey involved. Are you with me? There was a process involved. There is machinery. There is a mechanism involved that, that, that has brought us to, led us to, the conclusions that we have, the beliefs, the opinions that we have. Let me say it another way. We consider our way towards the best decision or solution when we're facing a problem. When faced with a problem, a challenge of some kind, etc., we often say things like, I have really spent some time thinking about this, or I've considered all of my options, and I think the best answer, the best thing for me to do next is, and then fill in the blank. Are you with me? I'm, that's not like some deep revelation there. I'm just trying to show you. Remember, one of my points already tonight is that consideration operates seamlessly in the background of our lives. We're, con we're constantly, practically every waking moment, we are giving consideration. If it's trying to, if we're considering what to watch on the television, we're considering it. Are you understand what I'm saying? We're processing it. It's how we come to conclusions. It's how we settle in on a next step strategy in our lives. Sometimes those things uh, that we have to consider are, you know, do I go with the McNuggets or do I go with the double cheeseburger, right? Um, and, and yet there is a simple process operating seamlessly in our lives that helps us come to that conclusion to help us reach that decision. But of course, what we're talking about now is something on a much higher level, not whether or not you're going to be glad you chose the McNuggets over the cheeseburger, but how something really important, something really serious turns out in your life. Amen. All right, now watch this. What are we weighing when we weigh our options? See, again, that's another way of saying this mental mechanism of consideration. So when we're weighing our options, what is it that we're actually weighing? Amen. Again, for most people, the answer is we are weighing this thing called probability. Probability. What we're looking for is the option with the greatest chance of producing 
a favorable outcome. Are you still with me tonight? We're looking for, of whatever option we have, whatever choices we have before us, we weigh our options. What are we weighing? We're weighing out the one to, um, amongst all the others that will have the greatest chance, the greatest likelihood of producing a favorable outcome in our lives. All right, let me give you a word. We've used the word probability. Let me try to give you another word that will help you wrap your mind around it. Wrap your heart around it, all right? We're exposing some things tonight. Are you hearing me? We're exposing some things tonight. This is, this is something the devil has used against the body of Christ. And, and again, it has contaminated the way we consider things, how we consider things. And listen, if... if Holy Spirit, help me say this right. It doesn't matter how sincere your heart is, if you're going about it the wrong way, you're going to come up with the wrong answer. Amen. It doesn't matter how determined you are for your born-again spirit to win that fight against your flesh, if, if your mind is geared in a way that will never bring you to full persuasion, it doesn't matter how determined you are to redouble your efforts to win if you don't understand that faith means fully persuaded and if the way you're considering is a way that will never bring you to full persuasion, you're going to lose and you're going to keep losing. So we've got to expose the enemy here. So let me substitute for the word probability let me substitute another word, and that word is the word probably. 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 Think about that word for a minute. If something will probably come to pass, it means there is a pretty good chance it will happen. Probably actually means there is a greater chance it will happen than it will not happen. There's a greater chance that it will happen, that it will come to pass, than it won't come to pass. If there's not a greater chance that it will happen compared to it not happening, then it's, you can't say it's probably. Right? So probably, again, think about the word for a minute. If something will probably come to pass, it means there's a pretty good chance it will happen, but it also means there is a chance, even if it is a slight chance, there's still a chance, as long as we're in the realm of probably, there will always be a chance, no matter how slim, that it will not come to pass. Right? That's probably. That's probably. We find deceptive mental comfort in probably. Listen to me now. We have been mentally conditioned to find peace in probably to the point that many people, even born-again believers, we prefer probable over possible. Carnal mind says, don't tell me it's possible. Tell me it's probable. Are you with me tonight? 
We don't want to hear possible. We want to know what the chances are. We want to give me percentages. Because we're, we're wanting to hear that there's a, there's a really good chance that this is going to happen. I don't, see, no, we, it's because, first of all, we, how our minds are being conditioned by this world. The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The entire system of this world is, is based upon a, a system of probability. It's all about chance. And we've been influenced by that system. We've been influenced by that system. Again, to the point that the carnal mind says, don't tell me if it's possible. Tell me if it's probable. All right, let me try to help you. Think about it for a moment. What gives you a greater sense of comfort? I'm going to give you two statements. I'm going to give you two statements. Which one would you rather hear? All things are possible. All things are possible. Or there's a 95% chance everything will be fine. All things are possible. There's a 98% chance that everything's going to be okay. See, we find deceptive comfort in the high percentage. But no matter how high the percentage, there's still a chance that it will not be okay, which means what? There's doubt. There's doubt. Probability thinking, probability-based considerations can never get you to fully convinced. Again, I believe the Holy Spirit said these words to me. The devil loves probably. The devil loves probably. Probably. Because probably locks us somewhere in between. I hope it works out, but I'm not fully convinced it will. I'll give you these definitions next week. Let me just run through them real quick. Probable, by definition, it means this, likely to occur or prove true. Having more evidence for than against. Or evidence that inclines the mind to belief but leaves some room for doubt. And it's the problem with probability. It leaves some... I didn't... Listen. The Lord began to speak to me about probability and possibility before I ever looked these words up. And I'm like, well, there you go. Possible. 
Possible means able to be done within the power or capacity of someone or something. The devil loves probability. Listen to me now. He is hoping you will put your confidence in chance and call it faith. But genuine faith is based upon God's ability and has absolutely nothing to do with probability. Genuine faith. Come on now. See, this is, we got to, this is hard preaching tonight. Amen. I am exhausted. I'm just telling you. That's all right though. I, I, I can feel it. There's some resistance. We're going, we, we pushing through it. Come on now. See, we try to, at best we try to, we try to blend the two together. Right? We try to blend the two together. In other words, the greater the probability, the easier it is for God. God does not see one situation as being more difficult than another. Nor does He see one situation more easy or easier than another. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, the same God that stopped the River Jordan for them to walk across on dry land is the same God that parted the Red Sea for them to walk across on dry ground. Now, if you're going to talk about probability, you know, I mean, it's still highly you know, unlikely, but at least you could build a dam on a river or something. In other words, it would be, I guess, easier to part a river than to part an ocean. But for God, it's not that one is more, is, is more probable to happen than the other. It's like both are just as easy for Him. Is there anything too hard for Him? Is there anything that He can't do? Right? But see, we allow this, this concept of probability to contaminate our faith. Anytime probability gets involved, it's, it's opening the door for doubt. God operates in a realm far above probability. He operates in the realm of possible. He operates in the realm of nothing's too hard for me. And that is where your faith will thrive. Praise the name of the living God. Stand with me. I know I'm way out of time. Are you getting anything out of this? I know I ask you that a lot, but I'm really, I'm, I'm asking you tonight, are you getting anything out of this? Do you understand that when we go down that path, how we consider, if probability is how we're considering, it can never bring us to full convince, fully convinced, full persuasion. Never. It's, it can't do it. It can, get, it can get you to 99%. But there's still a doubt, right? The doubt's still there. And that man might as well not think he's going to receive anything from God.
I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Jesus looks the man right in the eye. He says, do you believe I'm able to do this? Not, I'm sick, what I got to lose, I'll go see if Jesus got anything for me. I got a better than 50% chance of getting a miracle. See, again, Jesus snapped him out of that real fast. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Again, not probability, God's ability. Amen. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for, Lord, helping us see this. Helping us, Lord, em embrace, Lord, what it is that you're saying to us in, in these messages, Lord. Thank you for teaching us these things. Thank you, Father, for helping us apply these things to our lives. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are, are, are our advocate living within us. Make us aware of wrong considerations and wrong ways of considering. Father, help us to glorify you with the faith that you've given us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. Love somebody in Jesus.